Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into footnotes on this rainy, windy, dreary. Thir- oh, what is today? Wednesday morning. Kind of, it, it helps to know the day of the week. It, it, it does. It's 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 um in the big picture a really rough time. Obviously, we had the the awful tragedy in in South Texas yesterday and. Many, many people are struggling with it and should be. And um, it's, um, you know, sometimes hope it's hard to focus on sports for some. And sometimes you need sports. And that's why many people need it from, you know, on a regular basis, even when awful tragedies like that uh, don't happen just to um, kind of, you know, get through life kind of thing. But we have several things to address. By the way, you can uh, watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. Yesterday, we got to clear something up. Yesterday, Hannah blindsided me with this report about Antonio Brown working out with the Saints. I later discovered that was like two and a half years old. And so she really messed. She really was messing with my mom. (laughs) I mean, I was like, what? So uh, if you were worried about it, don't worry about it. Then we get the news yesterday afternoon that Daryl Williams is has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, so I see now someone else sent that to you. Where did he find that? (laughs) Anyway, I'm not worried about that because it's not true. But what I am worried about, a little concerned about, is that uh, Daryl Williams, who we were hoping would sign with the Saints, has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if it happened yesterday, but it was released yesterday. Uh, All right. Just to update you, and we're going to get to this, but game four between Auburn and Kentucky, LSU plays the winner of that game, as we speak, is now scheduled for 9.30 tomorrow morning, um, which would interrupt this show tomorrow, but I'm not real confident that's going to happen. Game four between Auburn and Kentucky is already in a weather delay, so that game will not be starting on time. But the... um, the 
the the news that Daryl will you know it's not like it's crushing or anything. It just puts you in a situation. All right, who's next? Again, I'm not. I'm not. My my first. The first running back that I started talking about is Devontae Booker. He's still out there. So if they would sign Devontae Booker, I'd be very happy. That's who I wanted anyway. Now, you know, the Daryl Williams talk began, and I was all for that too. I'm good with Daryl. I would have been good with Daryl Williams. Um, but it's not happening. I, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a tricky signing. And it's tricky because that person doesn't really know. No one really knows what how things are going to work out, I guess. <clears throat> but who that running back really, I mean, it's a little trickier than most situations. So you have a star running back in Z28 who most think are going to get suspended. Some people say four. Some people say six. Some people say eight games. So you could be the starter for half the season. Or you could be the starter for just a handful of games. Not even a handful. Uh, You could be a third string running back all year long if he doesn't get suspended at all. And Superman stays healthy, which never happens. So it's... I mean, it it could be where you're the starter on a good team for half the season or more than half the season. Or it could be you're the third string running back all season if he doesn't get suspended and Superman gets healthy. Stays healthy, which, again, never happens. But um, so it's tricky. You don't really know what you're signing up for. And so I, I get that. Um, Daryl Williams probably wanted more what he would felt like is guaranteed playing time or a yeah a guaranteed role on the team or as close to guaranteed as you can get. I mean, obviously, there's all kind of there's always injuries and other factors that play into things. But on this role on this team, I still think he'd have the role, but maybe maybe it wasn't. <clears throat> as guaranteed in his mind. And maybe the they just offered more money. I mean, in that you know, that's a reality of the situation. So what are we looking at now if you're a Saints fan? Um you have Devontae Booker, who I mentioned. You have Wayne Gallman. Now Wayne Gallman is, you know below average NFL back. But he has had a couple stretches where he's played well. Again, you don't need a um you don't need like some guy who's going to make a mega, you know, come in and rush for, you know, 90 or 100 yards every game. That's not what the purpose here is. The purpose here is if if Z28 is out six games, say, and if Superman is hurt during all six of those games or three of those six games or four of those six games, 
Do you have an NFL veteran running back that can handle himself? All I need at that point is that you have an NFL running back who has done it, in my mind, who has done it before, who knows how to pick up blitzes, who can block, and who doesn't fumble. That's all I need. I need a veteran running back who has run the ball before, had some level of success before, knows how to block, and doesn't fumble. That's all I need. I don't, and I want a veteran because you you don't know what you're going to get out of rookie. If a guy's played in the league four, five, six years, you have a pretty good idea of who he is. I don't need this guy to come in and and, and be the next and, and and just be spectacular, and then he's a starter on the team the next year. I don't care about all that stuff. For example, last year there was a five-game stretch where Devontae Booker uh, kind of got the majority of the carries for the Giants. And again, this is the Giants who had an awful offense. All their receivers were hurt. They had no passing game. <clears throat> their offensive line is still in question, which is why they drafted another one this year. And they had no offense. They got rid of their coordinator. Um in the first game against the Raiders, he had 21 carries for 99 yards. I mean, that's probably as good as you're going to get, and I don't even need that. He had another game. We had 15 carries for 60 yards against the Chiefs. I'd take that. That's all I need. I don't need a guy to come in and rush, you know, and be the, oh, man, look how great that guy is. I don't need that. It's not the point here. I just need an NFL guy who can catch a pass who can run the ball, who who can block enough to pick up blitzes and don't get your quarterback killed, and who doesn't fumble. That's all I need. All I need him to do is average, I don't know, 3.5 yards a carry. Don't fumble the football. Block when you need to block. Catch the ball when they throw it to you. I don't need anybody great. I need a guy who, when it's third and one, is not going to fall down in the backfield. He's going to be able to break a tackle because he's a veteran and get the first down. It's not about if he rushes for 120 yards. It's about when I get hit on third and one, I'm not going to go down immediately. I'm enough of a veteran to break a tackle and get a yard and a half and move the chains. That's what I need. And so uh, there's, you know, Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber, Saints fans should know, played for the the Yucks for several years. Seems like Peyton Barber's about 32 years old. I looked him up. He's only 27 years old, Peyton Barber. I don't think, do I think Peyton Barber's great? No, I don't think any of these people are great. I don't need great. I need a veteran who can be a stopgap for when the other guys get back. That's what I need. I don't want to be in a position in late October, early November, they decide to suspend Bozo and um, and Superman is hurt like he always is because he's old. And all of a sudden, you got to go out on the market and pick up Julius Jones late in the season. 
I want a guy who's been already been in camp. He already knows the offense. And if you can't get a higher profile guy, because the higher profile bunch of this is are not guys that they don't really like the uncertainty of this situation. I get that. Then sign one of these other guys. Malcolm Brown's had a few moments. You know, I'd rather a Peyton Barber than a Malcolm Brown. My my first thought from the beginning, again, was Devontae Booker. Now, the one thing that I don't know, and obviously you just trust the Saints to know about all of this, is how all these guys block. Like, how good are they as blockers? Again, I don't need them to be Larry Zonka. I just need them to be able to be able to pick up blitzes. Some guys can do that, and some can't. You know, most of these guys have been in the league at least three or four or five years. So there's enough of a track record where the Saints, you know, guy who monitors players from other professional teams should know whether they block well or not and whether you can trust them. You know, like a Jarek McKinnon is a guy who has some niftiness about him. Catches the ball really well. He's had a few moments, but I have no. He's kind of. He's kind of on the speedy. I, I don't. I don't have any idea how he blocks. Got to be able to block. Again, you don't have to be Larry Zonka, but you can't get your quarterback killed. So, um, like a Jalen Richard, ex Raider, got some local ties. I don't know. He's fast, but I don't know. Can that guy block? I don't know. David Johnson, I don't know. i got too many bad David Johnson memories, so I don't think I want him. But a guy like Gallman or a – and, I, you know, I'd rather a Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber's not great, but he's an NFL player. He's been a starter. He's been the number one player for his running back option for his team. He's got some physicalness about him. He's not going to uh, go down on the first hit uh, on, on short, in short yardage situations. And he's probably not going to get your quarterback kill. Plus, he kind of knows the system, you know, the division, because he's played in the league. Might have a little extra chip on his shoulder when they, if they play against the Yucks in, in this stretch that we're talking about. So I um, – there's plenty more options is what I'm saying. I don't need a great player. You say, well, I don't like any of these guys. Well, I don't, again, I don't like any of them to be my full-time star. I don't like any of these guys to be my full-time star. That's not what we're after here. We're trying to keep keep kicking the can down the road. I don't want to have to pick up Julius Jones late in the season when I'm going to the playoffs. And doesn't even know the offense, which is the only reason why we have Superman. Because they were in that situation. At least I believe that. Again, so we'll see what happens. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. Shift gears to SEC LSU baseball. We'll have our weekly conversation with Cokie Riley next. We'll do that on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... 
Now back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to our special guest, want to remind you that if you would like to win Astro Giveaway 2, you need to do this. You need to go to the website, register on the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You might win four tickets to Astros White Sox Saturday, June the 18th a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations at La Meridian Houston downtown. Again, you can't win if you don't register, so go to the game clubhouse today. Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we have with us Cokie Riley, hopefully dry. How are you, sir? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite dry, quite inside, you know. Um that this, it's a pretty stormy morning, huh? Yes, it is uh, here, and uh, it sounds like in Alabama as well. So, the last two, you know, last week, last week we were trying to figure out what in the world happened when Ole Miss came to town, and now we're trying to figure out what in the world happened when LSU went to Nashville. So, do you have, have you come up with any kind of logical explanation for these two weekends, or do you just chalk it up as you know that's kind of why we like sports? You never really know what's about to happen. I I lean toward toward the latter, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I mean, how could you possibly try to explain forty two runs in three games against one of the most storied uh, uh, programs in all college baseball, and against a team that sure is might be having a down year compared to their standards, but still was a top five team in the RPI heading into the weekend, and a team that looked like they were in good, pretty good shape to be hosting a regional. Um, and to just wipe the floor like that was surprising, to say the least. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. I, I, it would be impossible for you to actually predict um, that that was going to happen, especially after the sort of weekend they had against Ole Miss. And then what happens in game one and round one of the SEC tournament? Vanderbilt beats Ole Miss 3-1. to one. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> my my old Astro announcer Milo Hamilton used to say, "I got two words to describe baseball. You never know." And and that kind of fits right into that situation. All right. So, um first of all, you know, they were supposed to play late at night and then now they're supposed to play early in the morning and I don't know that anybody believes that's going to happen either. What 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 do you believe? Um I I I'm honestly I'm honestly not sure. I haven't um, I'm actually in Louisiana. I'll be covering uh, the tournament remotely for uh, just certain work reasons. Um, but any, anyway, uh, that aside, I haven't checked. I only say that because I haven't checked the radar this morning in Alabama um, or how any of that's going. So I, so personally, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I think they'll actually. Well, I don't know. It, it, they, it, they scheduled the get that game for nine thirty. Um, the other uh, three games that are supposedly scheduled for that day are all to be determined. What they could just do is, if they don't finish all the games today, um, uh, I'm, my guess is they'll try they'll 
try their hardest to get that Auburn and Kentucky game in at the very least, just so LSU has someone to play against. Um, and then those second-round games, right, which LSU is supposed to play the last second-round game, my guess is they'll just move that game up just so LSU can play. And then, I don't know, it, it, I'm glad I'm not putting together um, the schedule. But I, but I guess what I'm just trying to say is, they're going to try to definitely get that LSU game in at 9:30, and definitely try to have Kentucky play Auburn and just get to that second round and everything else. Those other matchups, like the Tennessee the Vanderbilt matchup, they can sort of figure it out and work around that game. Does that make sense? Well, I, what I I think at some point they may get to the point where okay, look, we got to just make this a single elimination tournament. And what yeah, I don't understand yeah, is what I don't understand is why is the SEC not always a single elimination tournament? I mean, I guess they're figuring, I don't want to spend money and go there. I mean, these people have money. It's like they're worried about a night stay. Like, most of these teams are in the turn in the regional anyway. Why Why are you playing as it – why is a major conference like LSU, with all the history it has in success in baseball, and use, most years they get eight, ten got teams in the regional anyway, why they have a double elimination tournament? I, I'm, I don't understand that. Um, I don't have a great explanation for you other than money, and they can probably make more concession money and um, ticket money and hotel money and all that good, all that yeah, good sort of stuff with more games. It's crazy, you know, just the, the simple fact of having more games. So the more games they can pack into a uh, four or five day slate, the you know the more profitable it can potentially be. But they may not have a choice because of this weather. I mean, if you're a mid-major and you're fighting to get, you know, one or two or maybe three, I get it. It's worth going through all this trouble. But if you're the SEC, to me, then none of this is worth it, the trouble for it. I mean, to me. Because these teams are all, I don't know. I just cannot believe that there are people on the committee that are that worried about. Now, to be fair, this year the SEC is not as powerful as it is in most years. So probably there are team Five, six, seven, eight—probably a little shakier in the minds of a committee than than five, six, seven, eight normally is in terms of yeah. maybe hosting or something. But I don't know. It just seems like man, they're fixing to go through a lot of trouble for I don't know what the what what the benefit is. So, do you think? I mean, no one knows how all this is going to work out. But the extra rest does that help LSU in some? Like if they ended up. You know, not even playing today or playing um, tomorrow night as opposed to tomorrow morning. I mean, does that benefit anyway? I think this helps them. Um, I mean, they're nursing a whole ton of injuries. I mean, Gavin Duga missed, missed all of last weekend. Um, Kate Doty had that Schult had that collision uh, late in Sunday's game. Uh, Jacob Barry's been battling injuries. Like they have, they're a little banged up, especially in the order. Um, all those guys could use some extra rest, um, and then we've already we've talked about their starting pitching so much on this show, um, and I've talked about it on other shows as well. Just that they they could use those guys could use all the extra rest they could need as well, especially since they again they don't have a ton, they can't get a ton of innings from their starters, and um, their bullpen could use the extra rest. So I, the fact that they they've kind of fortunately become the team that gets the most amount of rest from all this rain um is, i i think is i think is a good thing for them moving forward not just in this tournament but also in the regionals 
All right. So do you, is it just like teams throw their aces early so it all makes sense? But so far, I mean, 6-3 is not real low scoring, but by some May college baseball tournament standards, it's pretty low scoring. Uh, two to one and three to one's low scoring. Does that is that surprising at all, or do you think this is going to be more of the norm in this tournament than the than the eleven to to to, to nine kind of games? Hmm, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, I I think the the fact that those were single elimination games and some of those teams, I mean, had to win it to, to even have a prayer of of um. Of, of host say hosting or hosting regional or even making a regional, um, I, I think that kind of uh, you know prompted the urgency in terms from a pitching standpoint. Um, take a guy like Vanderbilt for example; they threw Carter Holton um, yesterday, and he didn't even pitch in the LSU series because I, from um, well, at least what I can tell, a uh, from a re- for just for a rest standpoint. So and he was probably Vanderbilt's best starter this 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 season. Um, so I, and I, I guess if we wanted to explain the last LSU and Vanderbilt series, we could start there. But anyway, <laughs> um, I yeah I, I I just feel like with, when you have a single elimination tournament at the very beginning like that, and a bunch of teams that could you really could use that win um, to boost their tournament resumes. Like take another team like Ole Miss, the team that they beat, Vanderbilt beat. Like they needed that win, they lost, but they definitely needed that win to um, sort of help solidify just making the regionals. And now it's a little bit shakier, actually much shakier, with the fact that they uh, were eliminated on day one. So um, yeah, I mean that's what single elimination tournaments. Does. It, it sort of it, it creates an urgency. Um, to win right away, uh, especially w- with um, the NCAA's right around the corner. Well, now we, you know, I, and t- going back to the original premise of not really knowing, I mean, how do you even, like, uh, we look, we've known all season LSU can really, really swing the bats, but it's baseball. You don't all swing the bat because you're a good hitting team or and in some stretches a great hitting team doesn't mean that you're going to score eight to 10 to 12 or in Ellis, you know, 21 runs every game. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, but um, is, do, do you, do you think LSU will, will end up being, you know, kind of keep way more high scoring than these other games when they play, even in this ballpark Ooh. and even with the same amount of pressure? Um, well, it'll be harder if they end up going against Tennessee in the second round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but for this first round game, it's certainly possible. Um, I, I, I'm actually since the game, since their first round game got moved to Thursday, they, they may they may actually have to face Jacob Gonzalez now, who's Auburn's ace, because I, I don't think Gonzalez is is just simply ready for um, that that first round game Auburn has against Kentucky. So I think it kind of just depends on the matchups and who's pitching and all of that stuff, or even heck, who's healthy for LSU, like. Um, how's Jacob Berry's hand feeling after a weekend of DHing? How's um, Gavin Duga feeling? How's um, all that sort of stuff? So I, I think it's all matchup dependent. Again, we're just not sure. We don't really know. We still don't know who they're going to, uh, who LSU's going to face uh, in the second round. All right. So some people believe LSU's already in after crushing Vanderbilt's face. Uh, some people believe they got to win two games. I've heard some people believe they got to win two games. Which argument do you buy? 
Ooh. To host, I'm um, talking about. Not a lot yeah, of obviously, that's dependent, of course. Yeah. And a lot of this depends on stuff that is that happens outside of their conference, right? Like teams like Texas, for example. Um, what are they going to do? Uh, how how's their weekend going to shake out? Or how does the how would a committee view a Dallas Baptist um, and stuff like that? Uh, so I, it, a lot of it's out of their control, obviously. But I think overall, I would say that. Um, I would say that to be safe, they need to win at least one game and probably two to host a regional, if that's what we're talking about here. And, yeah, I, I think it's that simple as that. Because if they win two games to get into that regional spot, especially if those two games are against Auburn and Tennessee, which isn't impossible. Tennessee's lost before. It's just ex- extremely hard. We haven't seen LSU, this LSU team play Tennessee, um, which would be a fun matchup. So I, um, yeah. So I, I think if they win those two games, they're almost definitely a top twenty team in the RPI. Those are two top ten RPI teams, Auburn, Tennessee. And by by putting yourself in the top twenty to go along with um, a pretty like a seventeen and thirteen conference record and one of the toughest conferences in college baseball to go along with that Vanderbilt sweep, I, I think all those elements would make you feel very good about hosting regional. If they only win one game or if they get eliminated, eliminated and lose two straight, um, I, I think that you're looking at them probably not hosting a regional. Uh, but you never know. Uh, we'll see. I, I think they need to at least win one to be in the conversation uh, to, host, to host a regional. All righty. Well, we'll know. We'll have a whole lot more answers when we speak next week because uh, we'll be looking at you know where are they going and who are they playing against. So, so we'll, at least we'll, we'll we'll be analyzing with a little more knowledge of what's about to happen because right now it just seems kind of open ended. So that's that's kind of where we are. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you. Thank you again for Take having care. me, here, Kevin. Take care. All right. That is Cokie Riley from the USA Today Network and. Again, it's it, it's hard to explain, and, and there is no real explaining it. It's just it's baseball. The crazy things happen sometimes, and I do think the fact that you know Vanderbilt gave up one run to Ole Miss, you know that 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 was fascinating after the two weekends that LSU had with those two teams, and then to see how that 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 game played out. So again, uh, I don't. All I know is that the Auburn-Kentucky game did not start as scheduled at 9 o'clock. And so if they only get two games in, LSU certainly isn't playing. If they only get three games in today and they don't get all four games in today in Hoover, then LSU certainly will not be playing at 9.30 um, tomorrow, which um, would mean we wouldn't have a show, but uh, I don't. I don't think that's looking too good. So I think we're probably gonna have a show, but we'll keep an eye and see how that goes. You never know. Sometimes the weather forecast ends up being a little better than what than what they say. All right, let's do this. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Open up the phone lines again on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? 
because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, feel free. You could talk about college baseball, Sunbelt, SEC, or otherwise. College softball still going on. we got Super Regionals this weekend. The Saints running back situation, the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, all kind of things that you still may want to uh, fill in before we continue along those one of those lines. I want to remind you about Richard Seafood Patio. If you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, you need to go to the website, join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You might win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio where you could get some of the best ball crawfish, ball shrimp, ball crabs, fried and grilled seafood, pull boys, hamburgers, seafood buffet. I think that commercial, I don't know if you've seen it. I don't even know, remember exactly what it's for, but the guy, it's a, one of the, it's a relatively new commercial, and the guy goes, if you could just eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? And the answer was a buffet. I kind of like that answer. <laughs> kind of like that answer. I could just eat that one thing for the rest of my life, a buffet. They didn't, they disqualified the answer, but I thought it was genius. But anyway, and it has a seafood buffet. So if you would like to win that $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, go to the website and join the Game Clubhouse today. All right. Uh, during the segment before we talked LSU and SEC baseball with Koki, <coughs> someone texted or called in and and suggested Trey Regis for the Saints. Trey, obviously, physical running back, had a great career with the Saints, and is from New Orleans, went to Shaw High School. I uh, That doesn't fit my qualifications. Now, look, if they would get Trey Regis, uh, obviously I would hope that it would work out. But, again, I want a veteran guy. I want a guy who's been a number one running back. He may not be a number one running back for an offense right now, but he has been. He has been kind of along that. Doesn't necessarily have to have been a star or even. I, I just said number one running. But, but, but he's been in that position before. He's been in the pressure. He's had the responsibility. Even if it was just for three or four games. But a guy like Peyton Barber, he's been the number one running back for an entire team season before. And so... I, I just want the experience. I want a guy who knows how to handle the situation if, if it's presented. So I, Trey Regas or you know, just doesn't kind of fit what I'm talking about. Um, and um, you know, he had some nice early moments for the Raiders, 
and uh, we'll see how that plays out. Because look, look let's be, let's um, another reason why you wouldn't go that route, the undrafted free agent route of a player who hasn't proven himself yet is understand there are a lot of people, and I haven't even seen him play yet, but there are a lot of people that are pretty high on the prospects of undrafted free agent running back Abram Smith who rushed for 1,600 yards for Baylor last year. So, um, and maybe he is the answer. And look, I um I don't want to right now in May late May I don't want to have to depend on that. Remember they thought Tony Jones was the answer last year. Um, but I guess if they I want to bring a veteran in and 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 if they go if they really go through all of camp and they think Smith is just better option than the veteran then I you know I mean what else can you do you just say well I hope the Saints are right they're practice. They know more football than I do, and you just kind of hope they make the right decision. Personally, I want a veteran that's been there. Again, a great run is not a, a great run is not the sixty yard. You, you, you get the ball and you burst it and you go sixty yards for a touchdown. A great run is when it's third and two and you get hit in the backfield and you get three yards anyway. That is a great run. That's how you win football games. Not Barry Sanders. It's Emmett Smith. It's how you win football games. And so that's what I want. And, the, and, and, and most of the time, it takes a crafty veteran to do that stuff. And that's why that's what I want. So we'll see how that plays out. Let's go to um, back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How's it going? Oh, y'all pulled one out last night. I thought y'all was, y'all was staring at four in a row. Yeah, I mean, pulled it out. I mean, I want to thank Martin for his Tuesday jinx. <laughs> I eat like that. I, we showed him how to beat him. Man, his he little ate. team scored 72 runs last night. Woo, boy, glorious day. Boy, can they day. hit. Boy, boy can no, the I, Red Sox I, hit. Oh, man, glorious day to be a Yankee fan. But I, and then again, it's not because I have to ask you a question. I have a glorious – before I get to my question – I want to say my son got an award today. He was short from a full point. Oh, congrats to my little boy. Yes, absolutely. Proud. Yes. Now, what's going on with Donaldson and Anderson? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Donaldson is always in the middle of some junk. I mean, he's always yeah. in the middle of it. That guy's just a troublemaker. But, um, well, I mean, I mean, he, he called him Jackie. I mean, why? I don't know why he did that. He, I don't know why he's so stupid. That, 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 you know, it's just silly. That's silliness. the guy with the sticky, right? Yeah. Yeah, he got to get off the team. He must He must have came from the Astros or, or the Fuggy Actually, Sox for him. Uh, something like that. We got to get him off the team. <laughs> Josh but, Donaldson. He's one of those. He's a bozo. He's always been a bozo, Josh Donaldson. So he's just basically a troublemaker. I guess yeah. he want to get a 60 minutes of fame. Well, Foot, I tell you one thing. You know, for that little guy, Martin, I want to say this to him because, you know, Foot, I swear, when I go to his job, I don't see him, I'll be relieved. And all of a sudden, I look in the left corner of my eye, he's right there waiting for me. <laughs> Boy, every time, Foot, these, these Sox fans, they got to go, Foot. I don't know where he comes. It's like he's waiting for me, you know. But I will send him a message through this. 
If you can't beat them, join them. Don't hate no one you can't beat without cheating. So I just want to send him that message. I know he's listening. Go Yankees. Have All a right. good one. All right. <laughs> You know, I, I we were joking yesterday, and we were having a little fun. I think when Paul was on, or shortly after Paul called, or Martin called, and I said, you know, oh, it was Martin because he was talking about who the Red Sox were about to play, and he said they were about to play the Reds. I said, please tell me that series is at Fenway because that's like cruel. I mean, that you, you know, you got to have, and thankfully it was because, and then they go out and score what eighteen runs. Can you imagine that Red Sox lineup right now hitting at the at a pretty good American uh, popcorn park in Cincinnati, that that would be that'd be that'd be bad. We, we don't want that. I mean, that, that's just you know that that's uh, you don't you don't want to watch that. That I don't even know if that would be considered a major league baseball game. Maybe so, but it, 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 at least it's in Fenway in Cincinnati. That would be really really bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Can they hit? Because now, you know, one thing is, the one thing that the Astros did, they woke up Trevor's story. The cat's on fire. The cat has more BIs in like the last five or six games of any player in the history of Major League Baseball. The history of Major League Baseball. Right now, in this short period of time, I don't know if it's five games, six games, seven games, whatever it is, he's the hottest hitter in the history of Major League Baseball, Trevor Story. Trevor Story. And then that, that he's not even one of their best three hitters. All right. I guess we should have expected this. Hello. Hey, Foot, it's Martin. Howdy, sir. Uh, okay, uh. I heard that uh, Yankee that Yankee fan just now, and he's talking about if you can't beat them, join them. Okay, so my response to that is, when was the last time that the Yankees beat the Astros in the playoffs? <laughs> it's been a while. So, okay, thank you, Hugh. So he maybe he should join your Astros. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's a good. I like That's that. All though. I gotta say about. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Thanks. But 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 but, and then. If there's any group of fans you got to watch for foot that's going to steal your stuff, it's them Yankees fans because they like stealing them players from oh, people, you oh. know. I mean, they can't develop their own talent, so they go in there, they, 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 they steal other people's talent, you know. I mean, develop your own talent for once, you know. It'd be I'm nice. I'm just saying, but. Uh, I understand. But keep an eye on. And and, and 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 if I was Ronnie, I'd never take Paul Fisher with him again. He's always Fisher going to be gone. All right, have a good one. Take foot. care. <laughs> Oh, but I, I think Paul at heart is a nice guy. I don't think he'd steal Ronnie's fish. But uh I mean we hope not anyway. But no, I don't I don't think I don't think he'd steal his fish. But boy, he he he's got a couple, you know, he got a couple strange teams that he pulls for. I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Morton, that's funny. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana, Sports Station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that. Not all of them had 
It's a chart-warming moment. This guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, so we'll get to more baseball. We haven't really touched on the Sun Belt and what ha- what's going on there. We'll try to um, see what there. We'll give you an update of that in the next hour. Reminder at 1015. We'll also be shifting gear to some high school football, and other things with Turling's Catholic head football coach, Dane Chaponche. Um, I'm sure Dane's got some opinions on other things that I'm going to ask him about in the world of sports. It's just, it, 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 it's, it, it's certainly a crazy time, but we'll catch up on what's going on with um, Turling's as they exit the spring and the the school year and go into the summer and see what the prospects are there. And we'll try to get other coaches in the coming days. So that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game next. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can... Watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. If you would like to get in, comment on any of the things we've been talking about or, or bring up something else. The NBA last night had another blowout. Again, we kind of jokingly call it the, the National Blowout Association. And and it's been that way, very few exceptions over the last month. I mean, the first round of the NBA playoffs had a lot of good games. And since then, it's just been blowout after blowout after blowout. And uh, it's not good, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I I don't really know what to make of last night's game. I, you got to believe that the mindset of the Warriors after their head coach had that very explosive press conference um, was not, you know, didn't help him. And obviously what he was discussing is infinitely more important than a basketball game. And, and, and so I have no issue with him expressing his opinion. Um, and, you know, if that is a big reason for them losing, you know, I mean, I'm sure all of them would say, who cares? I mean, so I get all that. I, but as far as 
from a sports standpoint, trying to analyze what happened, I don't think it means anything. You know, whatever the reason was for it, I don't. I don't think it means anything. Basically, what happened was the Mavs just got really hot at home and, and hit a bunch of threes, and they won the game easily. Um, the chances of them doing that. To, you know, in game five and seven on the road or, you know, just a hair above zero. And so, I mean, I don't think it means anything in the big picture, but, you know, it did happen. Um, we'll see what happens in in game five of the Eastern Conference series. Uh, and, and how that plays out. So certainly any thoughts that you might have on, on either Eastern or Western Conference final um, would like to hear those as well. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Not only the SEC, but the Sun Belt as well. The Sun Belt game was scheduled to start at 9, and I believe the SEC game scheduled to start at 9.30, and neither one of them, both are in rain delays. So it's obviously raining across the south. It was pouring and windy and ugly on the way driving in here, and it uh, obviously doing a lot of raining in the state of Alabama, as central to north north part of Alabama as well. So how many games the SEC and the Sun Belt are going to get in today? Who knows? I think the, probably the best guess is maybe they could scratch out two games, which means the chances, if that happens, or even three, the chances of the Cages playing at four tomorrow are probably not real good. I don't know that any of it, anything of that has been officially decided yet, but the chances that L, of the Cajuns playing of LSU playing at nine thirty tomorrow morning. Not good. And, and the chances of the Cajuns playing at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon against South Alabama, not good. Uh, will the Cajuns even play tomorrow? Who knows? I mean, it, it, it doesn't look good, but we'll, 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 we'll see how, uh, if the weather gets better. But as of now, it's, 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 not a, it's not a pretty situation. And, again, I get why – this is just me. I get why they – the the Sun Belt plays a double elimination, and 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 to be fair, it's not a true double elimination because you have a play in portion of it, just like in the SEC. But, um, but have any kind of a but SEC, I just to me, it's not worth all that trouble. But anyway, let's go back to the game hotline. Talk to Shane. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Hey, uh, K- Cajun Viking fan. How about that instead of crazy Vikings? All right, either one. It all that's, works. That's yeah, it all works. <laughs> okay. All right. Because my, my mom's a Nate and my dad's LeBlanc, so, I mean, I'm Cajun <laughs> all the way. Okay? All right. Exactly. I got you. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, the other day, you was talking about a QW, and I didn't get the, the meaning of that. I'm sorry. I was in and out or whatever. So I got that question. Okay, a QW is uh, uh, before you get to your next one. Let me just say a QW is what I. It's a term I came up with because I get so frustrated with the national narrative. Uh, it's a quarterback worshiper. 
the the the, oh, the, lar- yeah. the large group of sports NFL fans or sports fan football fans in this country, they worship the quarterback. They think a team game uh, is all about a game is purely a game of horse between quarterbacks. Uh, oh, that's kind of big. So yeah, 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 I call him a quarterback I, I, I worshiper. You on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a lot of those. So. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, the next question is something really to do with baseball. But do you have direct TV? I or do. You have cable. Oh no! If you're an Astro fan, if you're really an Astro fan, you got to have direct TV. I, I have direct TV. Yeah. Okay, good. I get to watch the Astro. Yes. What, uh, do you have all the 600 channels? Or you just have you just catching like SEC and the Houston channel and stuff. Well, all I care all? about is six seven four, and so I get the yeah. Astros on that. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really explore very other, but no, I have some of the other ones. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, you like you know, sometimes they have an early afternoon game, the Cubs or whatever. I was just wondering. If if I would get the 600 channels, if I'd be able to catch those games. Yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess I I'll just have to try. Yeah. Okay. Well, good talking with you. Q-W. All right. Okay. Thank you. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, don't be a quarterback worshiper. I mean, there are worse things to be, don't get me wrong, but, I, you know, in my opinion, I, I would, if you ask me just my opinion, don't be a quarterback worshiper. Um, by the way, speaking of quarterbacks, I didn't actually see the press conference, but I saw a report on the press conference, and supposedly Shanahan said yesterday, reiterated that that they're going to trade Jimmy G, that this idea that's been floated out there, which there's some merit to it, I think, that Trey Lance is not going to be good enough in that. They don't, you know, that Jimmy G might still end up being their starting quarterback. You know, basically, he kind of put the kibosh on that yesterday, that once the surgery is old, you know, the the impact of the surgery or the aftermath of the surgery, recovery or whatever is closer to happening, that their plan is still to trade Jimmy G. Now, I'm sure, again, it, 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 it sounds awful, but it's just the reality of it. I'm sure they're thinking waiting for someone to get injured. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're not all, oh, man, uh, they're not, you don't sit there with a voodoo doll because you hate this guy and, and you want him to get hurt and you're going to celebrate his pain. It's not that. It's just the reality of, of the situation. They're figuring that somebody's, some team's quarterback is going to get hurt early, either late in camp or early in the season, and they'll be able to say, well, do you want Jimmy G? Your female fan base will love him, sell a bunch of posters, and, you know, he's won playoff games. If you got a, if you got a football team, he's your man. Now, if you, if you are set up to where the quarterback has to do everything, and you're one of these QW teams, well then he he may not he he may not be your man. But if you got a football team, he can win for you. He can help you win. So um I'm sure that's what they're waiting for. But or it seems that way. Or maybe I should say his rehab will make that be the case. And so we'll see. I mean 
How long will it take? Who, who, who knows? I mean, it's um, but it's interesting, you know. To you know, it's just along the quarterback lines. It it it's it's something to consider. Also, there's a lot of talk while we're talking about quarterbacks. There's also a lot of talk that Baker Mayfield is going to be playing the next step of his career in Asia. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. That puts him in the. That puts him in the NFC. And that uh, the Saints played him again this year. Saints have been having some. I think they won what the last three against Seattle. Two of them were just well. All three were very close games. Exciting. Last year's game was a little weird. It's just kind of weird feel to it. But uh, it was a W. And um, and uh, so the you know the Saints have kind of had their gotten some wins. The, 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 those those first two wins were as exciting as just great victories. I mean, uh, the one in Seattle was an incredible performance by Z28. And then the one at home went down to the very wire. I mean, that game like the I mean, it, you know, that game was as stressful as it can get and it went down to them throwing the ball in the end zone at the very end of the game. That game I don't want too many games. I can't handle games like that. But, no, a lot, lot of exciting victories over Seattle. So, I mean, if they get Baker Mayfield, they're going to have Geno Smith, Locke, and Baker Mayfield. That'll be an interesting company. I mean – I don't think there's a tremendous difference there, to, to be honest with you. I think most people would disagree with me. I don't think there's a tremendous difference. But but if he can't win that quarterback thing going away, then not good for Baker Mayfield. Put it that way. Baker Mayfield. Guy was the number one overall pick. Think about that. The number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Unbelievable the grief I took for saying that guy wasn't a first-round pick, much less the number one overall pick. I was shouldn't have even been, you know, a second. That guy wasn't even a second-round talent. Baker Mayfield. Anyway, it's uh, you know those quarterback issues around the league. Something to take take keep into account. Um, but. Um, Fortunately, the Saints, I know the beginning of this offseason, some people were worried about the quarterback situation for the Saints. I was never overly worried about it. You know, you had the little sidetrack thing with Deshaun Watson. But uh, that's over with now, and uh, that's someone else's issue, the Cleveland Browns, and we'll see how that plays out. And, again, I brought up earlier this week, I heard an opinion by someone who said they think that He's going to be suspended for the season, and that the Cleveland Browns knew it all along. We'll see. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Maybe that's accurate. I don't know, but if it is, you know, you know, the Saints play them on on Christmas Eve, and so that's inside of this season. So might might help the Saints down the road. We'll we'll, we'll kind of tuck that away and see how that plays out. All right, 
Let's do this. Take a time out. When we come back, shift gears, talk a little high school football with Turlings Catholic head football coach Dane Chaponche next on the game, 103.7. Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Before we get to our special guest, want to remind you about if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, you simply need to go to the website, join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. That will allow you to win all one of many Excellent prizes on the website, including a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. So go to the website and join the game clubhouse today. All right, we have with us Turlings Catholic head football coach, Dane Chaponche. How are you, sir? Good. How you doing, Fred? Oh, you know, hang, trying to get through the end of the school year. You you know how that goes. and uh, hey, at, so old, uh, old basketball, four corners offense, man. Uh, Run the clock out. Exactly. Exactly, you gotta love it. Uh, you know, I uh, fi- Astros are winning, so I'm happy, and the Saints of are, are doing some exciting things. So it it it's, it should be an interesting, um, uh, sp- you know, stretch drive in Major League Baseball come August and September in football. Well, you lucky. You just keep falling into shortstops, huh? <laughs> One after the other. Wait, it's unbelievable. I mean, it this guy. To everybody, man, I just have to see you. It, 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 you know, this guy, you know, did, uh, you know, Carlos wanted over 300 million in 10 years or whatever. And so we said, no, we're just going to call up this cat Pena. And man, is he, he, he just looks fabulous. Well, you knew when they moved on from him that easy, you knew they had somebody. And then I kind of thought they'd go pick up story or someone and they didn't do that either. And so, man, they had some confidence in Pena and you can see why. Oh, yeah, they they know better than me and you, I promise you. <laughs> All right, so uh, tell me about spring and what y'all needed to get done and what you get done and what questions were answered and which questions still remain. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the main thing that for us is we got to spend a lot of time with the kids and uh, came out really, you know, relatively healthy. You know, an old coach told me one time that you can't you can't win any games in spring, but you can lose some. And so, uh, I, I think the main thing is we came out healthy. You know, the biggest question mark for us um, going into the season, we got a lot of new stars, new faces on the offensive line. Uh, with that being said, it's really a good looking group, man. We've got a really good size, really good athleticism. Um, only one starter coming back from last year. And uh, so a lot of young kids are going to have to step up in that unit. And I think they got a lot of good work in the springtime. You know, 
that was that was probably the biggest takeaway is the the development that we were able to get out of that that position group. You know, skill wise, we we bring back everybody except for our tight end who graduated last year, Matthew Marceau. And I'm I'm a big fan of the tight end, so we're trying to uh, identify some guys that can help us in that spot coming up. But as far as running backs and, and receivers, we, we're returning literally uh, every every kid from last year. So we were able to have a lot of good continuity in practice, and you know a lot of the kids really had a lot of good experience coming in. So we were able to kind of hit the ground running in a lot of areas on offense, and then you know defensively. Um, had a lot more uh, starters graduate last year off of the defensive side of the ball than we did on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, you know, we, we got some young kids that are going to be stepping into some, some more meaningful roles this year. And I think it was really good for them to go out there and, and go through some of those paces and, and learn the defense and, and learn where they got to line up, learn their assignment and try to play fast and physical. You know, that's, one of the one of the big problems I think today in football, and it kind of trickled down to high school and different pro- programs do it differently. But you know, you you really got to teach physicality, but then you also want to keep everybody healthy, and yes. those two things really don't go together. So you got to kind of be creative and 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 what you do at practice and try to keep everybody healthy, you know and. I think a lot of times people look at the, the higher levels of football and see what they're doing, and it doesn't necessarily always translate to high school because these kids are still very much learning the game on a fundamental level. And uh, if you if you back off too much on that physicality, that, that blocking and tackling, those fundamental kind of building blocks of the game, I, I think you really see some problems start to come up, you know, and, and so we try to get those fundamentals and work on those as much as we can without really banging the kids up too much. You know, when you said that, I thought back to, I think it was like two or three years ago, and the Houston Texans got off to like a 1-4, 5 start, some bad start. And they just their solution was, we're going to start being physical in practice again. And they did, and they started winning. But how sustainable is that? It, it is a fascinating uh, paradox. Like, what do you do in that? How do you get that done in that situation? Well, I think on that level, obviously the, the, the NFL level, you would like for guys to know how to practice without hurting each other. But also, you know, have physical players when it comes time to the game. High school kids really can't turn that on and off. They they don't have enough experience in the game where they know how to play physical without practicing that way. So I think, you know, I think you really want to keep people off the ground as much as you can because a lot of injuries happen when people are going to the ground. But you got to preach physicality and blocking and tackling. When you get to college football and, and obviously professional football, hopefully guys know how to be physical because they wouldn't have made it to where they are or if they weren't a physical player already. At the high school level, those things still need to be taught and learned, I believe. Now, the other thing that you mentioned, and again, we're speaking with Turling's Catholic head football coach, Dane Chaponche, is tied in. The, the, the tied in has always been a fascinating position to me in, in – um, 
it, it, you know, in, at the high school level, a lot of times, you know, if you need this position, you have an athlete, you just move them there. Other than quarterback, it's tied in one of the toughest positions to say, well, I'm just going to move that kid there and see what he can do. That That's not – that's easier said than done, it sounds like. Well, I think a lot of times it, it, it all depends on what you want to do with your tight end. You know, there's a lot of different – the tight end position, other than quarterback, is the hardest to learn in offense because there's so much diversity in the assignments that they can that they can be asked to do. You know, sometimes you want to take your sixth best offensive lineman and he's the tight end, depending on what you're doing. Sometimes you might want a receiver that's got a little bit a little bit heavier frame on him. You know, but um, you know, for us, it's all about adding a gap in the run game that the defense has to defend. I mean, I just think when you when you don't play with a when you don't play with a tight end, defensive coordinators really like that because it's one less gap in the run game that they have to defend and it's one less thing that they have to worry about formation wise. Um, I, I like to kind of look at things from a defensive point of view because I, I have been on the defensive side of the ball a few times in my career and I just know, you know, when a team plays with a tight end, there are some certain things that that dictates to you defensively that maybe uh, maybe you might not want to get into that world if you didn't have to. But uh, so we like to play with a tight end anytime we can, and typically we'll we'll try to manufacture one if we have to, like you said, you know. But but no, you can't just you can't move any kid there. First of all, the kid has to be smart because if you think about it. It's really you're asking the kid to play offensive line, and you're asking him to play receiver. So the receivers, the receiver group doesn't necessarily know what the offensive line's doing. The offensive line doesn't necessarily have to know what the receivers are doing, but the tight end has to learn both. And um, so you got to have a kid with a little bit of uh, natural ability and a little bit of instinctiveness to, to play the position. And it, it, it's a special position, I think. Like you said, it's unique. And, and so, if you if you draft a guy who's a young tight end and, and he gets off to a slow start, maybe he needs to. Maybe you need to be a little more patient than him than a lot of young guys who don't get it done their first year or two at other positions. Oh, there's no doubt. I think because it's it's a lot more. Like I said, the diversity of the different assignments that he can have is just way more. Uh, he's going to have to block defensive ends. He's going to have to block linebackers. You know, depending on what the uh, offense that he's in, he might have to block safeties and cornerbacks even. So, you know, like I said, it all it all depends on what you're asking him to do and how much you're able to simplify it. But I definitely think development is a little bit slower at, at that position than it would be. You know, you want somebody – you want to develop experience at that position if you, is what you want. All right, so you know each year you play a you know a really easy schedule. So tell me about your schedule this year. <laughs> oh man, you know it's easy again. I guess it's been <laughs> easy. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's it's kind of the same every year. You know, it's it's top to bottom. I think the best schedule in the state. Uh, I'm sure there's a few New Orleans teams that might have some good teams on their schedule and up around the Monroe and Shreveport area and, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, especially with uh, Lafayette Christian coming into our district, uh, we added St. Charles Catholic, who's a, who's a perennial state state title contender. They're going to be on our non-district schedule. Um, 
one of the one of the opponents that's not a traditional opponent. You know, we tried to schedule a few people, and, and like we've talked about before, scheduling is always an adventure in the district. And uh, but we got uh, a Boyles High School coming into play, and you know they're a really interesting school. I haven't I haven't done really a deep dive into them X and O wise yet, but I know they they run a really unconventional uh, offense as far as what they do there foot-to-foot splits, kind of like a single-wing offense, and then they onside kick the ball. Uh, yeah, they don't every, like punt. They don't, they they don't they use, they don't punt much either from what I remember. They don't, they don't punt. They don't, they don't want you to, they, they want, they want to get back on the bus and you never have the ball, basically. <laughs> and so that's, that's a little terrifying, you know, just yeah. in itself. Uh, they try to steal a lot of possessions. And just a little bit that I've looked at them, you know, they they, they put out some really good looking athletes uh, here re- recently. So do they field you know, punts? They might not field punts either. Well, you you're gonna get a Voyles hat if they don't field punts. <laughs> uh, well, I love gonna, the f- I love to fumble a punt and get get some gear. I love to fumble punts. That's that's the best part of football. But um, you love you love to pitch to the best hitters, and you yeah. love to field punt. Oh yeah, I love I love yeah I love watching Jose Ramirez hit home runs against me when they got nobody else in their lineup. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, why not, man? I mean, you you got to be a man. You got to pitch to. <laughs> oh, I love the. I love pride, but anyway, but no, um, you know, you you, ex- you get rid of Karen Crow, you get LCA, you know, and St. Charles, that that's that's a, that's normally a physical bunch that plays good defense. Oh, definitely, you know, I, I would I would compare them to Notre Dame in our right. area, uh, and that's a that's a huge compliment. I think Notre Dame's probably been a little more physical them than they are on a regular basis, but obviously. St. Charles had a great team last year, and and really the most impressive thing about their season last year, they had a state title season, and it was a season where they their school basically got wiped off the map with the hurricane uh, in August, and um, you know we we were fortunate enough to to have a little bit of a relationship with their coaching staff, and and so we sent a trailer of supplies from us from our program to theirs at the beginning of last season. And man, they were trying to patch things together, uh, but it's a sign of a really strong program to to have that much adversity at the beginning of the year and and still uh, you know finish the year on top in that division. So obviously they got good players, good coaches, and, and good schemes. So looking forward to that game. We're going to get them at home this year, and then you know our district continues to be the best district in the state. Uh, I was really proud of the way that our kids competed in it last year. You know, we ended with three losses in district, but, you know, we had leads in all three of those games and, and weren't able to hang on. And uh, I think we had a lot of youth and inexperience, but I was really proud of the way that our kids competed. And, and we're looking forward to trying to trying to um, hold on to a couple of those this year. All righty, sir. Always enjoy talking to you. We'll get you back on later in the summer. Uh, try to enjoy it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. All right. Turling's Catholic head football coach, Dane Chaponche. <laughs> oh, boy. He and I always have a uh, – we, we've we gone round and round about that whole field and putt thing. It's funny. It's funny. 
Boy, it's not funny when the Saints fumble a punt. Boy, that makes me mad. But anyway, we will uh, take a timeout. Come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, if you would like to win more great prizes, you need to go to the website, join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You could Win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, where you can get great steaks, all the tremendous sides. Again, uh, get a feast, basically. And to become uh, a member, if you become a member of the Game Clubhouse, you would be eligible to win that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. So go sign up today. All right. A lot of interesting subjects. Um that we got in uh, talking to Dane in the last segment. And now, you know, there, there's a team like in Arkansas, I think, that got pretty famous for doing some of the stuff that he was talking about Avoyles does. I, um, I, I don't know, totally agree. Like I, like to never punt, I'm I'm not I'm not for that. I, I don't have a problem with punting. I just don't like fumbling punts. And I don't I don't like taking the chance of fumbling punts when there when there's no seemingly huge advantage there. If I'm if I'm the better team and all I need is the ball, why would I take a chance on giving the other team good field position by fumbling a punt? That that just makes a zero sense to me now if the other team's way better than me and the chances that my offense is not going to get many first downs and I want to take it and I got this really good punt returner and I probably have just as good or better of a chance of scoring with this punt returner against the a, a superior team special teams especially if that superior team, special teams, kind of believes in using some of their non-starters or mostly non-starters on the on the punt coverage team, I'm all for that. That that makes sense to me. Like some teams use starters on their special teams, and some teams don't. And so that makes sense. But if I'm the better team, uh, I I think it's silly. So. I agree with some of that, but no, I, I I'm not for going for it on my own 15 yard line and all that. 
own 20-yard line, which is getting to be not just by someone who's all out like the Avoyles coach, you know, that whole new way of look. It's kind of an analytical way of looking at football. Um, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. But even at the NFL level, we've seen it. You know, the cat from the Chargers did it way too much last year. Belichick's done it where he's going for it on his own side of the field. Um, uh, N- Coach Napier did it quite a bit with the Cajuns, where you go for it on fourth and one from your own 28 and stuff like that. I think going for it on fourth down way more often than we used to 30 and 40 years ago makes sense. I'm not as daring as going for it on my own side of the field a whole lot. Now, again, if I have an inch and all I got to do is quarterback sneak and I got an athletic, big physical quarterback, you know, I'm a little more for that. But uh, So I'm not totally for all of that not punting, but I'm not a big fan of fielding most punts. I mean, some punts you got to field. But uh, I think we field way too many punts on this country, and we'll get to that later. But uh, the 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 really the the dumbest punt to field, and I see it every year, is someone at all levels. Someone will field a punt with like from his own fifteen, ten, fifteen, twenty yard line, with like three seconds to go until the half. Like you, you got you getting, and some of them they'll fair catch it. Like they're not even trying to get yards. They want to take the chance of fumbling in field goal range with zero chance, and then they'll go on a knee and jog to the locker room, and they think that makes sense. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I see it every year. Makes it zero sense. But um, so – that it uh interesting man St. Charles Whew. when you're in a district with LCA and state championship level team in the past and in recent years and you're in the same district with Westgate won the state championship and and they're not with Karen Crow anymore but uh they won a state championship the year before and and St. Thomas More who Makes a lot of runs and won state championships in recent years. Um, St. Charles is, you know, they've um, they've won and they've been to the state finals. That's a lot of teams play for a state championship. <laughs> That's scheduled. Uh, kind of not easy, but it is what it is. And um, poor Northside, they, again, I wrote a column last year saying they need to they need to do something about that. But anyway. We don't want to go too far down that road. But, no, it is um, it, it is fascinating when in the sport of football they bring kind of a real analytical, and, and there is a big struggle with that. You know, like Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, took a lot of criticism last year, and it's going to be interesting to see if he kind of goes back on that a little bit. Like, I, I just I, I just don't know why, why you put yourself – in the um, 
into that position as often as he does and some other coaches do. You just you, 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 there's times to take chances and then there are times you got to you got to chill out a little bit. All right, so uh, again, we haven't talked much Major League Baseball today. The Astros did win last night. By the way, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, the Astros will play game three of that series against the Guardians. And Dane brought it up, but the Astros, it, it worked out. Astros pitched to... Ramirez again hits a home run, and he got another hit. I mean, they, that guy, I mean, he is something, and is he good? Because, again, you know, you got some guys like, you know, they just look like studs. This guy doesn't really look like he would be as good as he is. He's short and stubby, and yet he, he steals bases. He's just a baseball player. I mean, he's the kind of guy, if he's on your team, he'd be your favorite player probably. Like he's that kind of like, and, and, and then especially them, they f- so say a small market and, and, and he took a lot of criticism for not taking more money and go to a big, bigger market. He stayed where he was, signed a big contract worth a lot of money, but he left a lot, also left a lot of money at bigger, more, um, bigger market teams that were trying to get him on the table. And he just goes out and plays baseball, and he can he runs. He's durable. He's always playing. He hits from both sides. He uh, he hits for power. He hits for average at times. There's some years we didn't hit for as much average. He's just a baseball player. That guy's something. And the Astros love pitching to him. But the good thing is they don't have many more out. They don't have many more games against that lineup. And overall, that team can really pitch. They're not a great hitting team, which is why I don't like pitching to him as much. But it worked last night, and so we'll. Um, Framber pitched very well. Uh, Icky hit his first home run at home all season, a three-run homer on an 0-2 pitch that kind of put the Astros on easy street, which was good to see. So some good things in last night's game that 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 we saw. Alex Bregman got a big hit. I've been kind of frustrated with him of late. Uh, defensively, base running, not getting hits, and and I'm sure he's been frustrated too. But he got a big hit last night, so that was um that was uh, good to hear, good to see, and we'll see what they do game three of the night again. That's seven ten first pitch, um, and I don't think LSU's playing, so I think that's going to be right here on the game one hundred three seven Lafayette one hundred four. One Lake Charles, but because um, they're scheduled to play tomorrow, so they're not going to be playing tonight, and they're not even probably going to play that game tomorrow, at least the time that we're saying. So uh, I'll check one last time before we get back, when we come back from this break, to to make sure that both tournaments are still rain-delayed, but at last check, they were both rain-delayed. So we will take a timeout, come back, finish out the show next on The Game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 25th, 1935. Jesse Owens equals or breaks four world records in 45 minutes at a Big Ten track and field meet at Ferry Field in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The performance is remembered as the greatest 45 minutes ever in sport. 
That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, if you would like to win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou, hungry for some fried mozzarella sticks or a barbecue pork sandwich, and you need to sign up for the game clubhouse by going to the website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Today, you might be able to win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. All right, I have seen no evidence uh, that there, the games have begun either at the SEC or the Sun Belt, so we're, we'll kind of wait and watch and see like we have all um, like we have um, you know, all day yesterday, and we'll be doing that all day today. Also, someone called about the entire turtling schedule, and I, I, I do not know the entire turtling schedule. Coach, Coach Dane mentioned a few games, but um, I looked on the website, and the entire schedule is not up yet. So, no, I, I could not recite you their entire schedule. But, you know, obviously they're in a, a very good district, and, you know, they typically – play a pretty tough non-district game. And scheduling is tough. Like yesterday we had Coach McCullough on. It makes it a lot easier when you have like 5A added Karen Crow just went to this ginormous district, 3-5A, which makes scheduling a lot easier. Now, to Coach McCullough's point that he got lucky in that John Curtis, a team that's willing to play him, had the same had had an open his bye week in the middle of the district was week seven. A lot of times in the, late in the year, and district plays over for most teams. You know, it's tough to feel a, a week against an, especially if you're really good like Acadiana and you're a, a really good five A school or a really good four A school. It can be very difficult to feel those late. You know, a, a buy. You know, an, an open date or a bye week, a district bye week in like um, week seven, eight, nine, or ten. But he got fortunate, and, and again, that that Katieana John Curtis game is just is so juicy for for so many reasons. But um, it's it can be tough to fill those, and 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 Acadiana's done it before, and other teams have done it before. Where if you have a late bye week, you just don't play that week, and you just can't find anybody that can help you or that, you know, that would be willing to play you. And so scheduling is difficult, no question about that. And um, we'll, uh, you know, we'll be talking more football. The The main purpose of talking to the high school coaches now is to get, a, you know, find out a little bit about schedules, but mainly to see how things, you know, what issues they had in the spring and, and how that um, plays on. All right, as of now, technically – we will not have a show tomorrow. But I think pretty much all of us believe that we will have a show tomorrow. And so if LSU indeed plays the 930 game against the winner of uh, Auburn in Kentucky tomorrow, then we won't. But uh, that would require all four SEC games getting in today, and I don't believe there's any way that's really going to happen. So more than likely, we'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Try to stay dry. Have a nice day.